Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Tech Marketing Podcast. This week is an unusual episode that we are doing for World Innovation Day. Busby, what's going on this week? So hello listeners, we've taken a different approach. Instead of just having one guest, we've had multiple. We've got clients, we've got client services, we've got creatives all talking about what innovation means to them and what you can do to add more innovation to your business. All right, let's find out what they got to say. Karen, we've worked together for, it must be a decade now. We've created some incredibly innovative projects together. Um, You know, we've created a multi-touch table. We've created a portal. Um, In fact, I was just talking to someone earlier about about that wonderful multi-touch table we created to bridge the online and offline divide at an event. Um, So what, you know, in the role that you work in now at at VersaPay, working with events and working with partners, like what does innovation mean to you? Like how would you define innovation? Innovation. I I think I'm going to answer that question both in terms of the what as well as the why. Um, And so when I think about what innovation is, uh, you know, kind of in in a summary statement, innovation is giving people the thing they didn't need, they didn't know to ask for. Um, And so it's understanding uh, or even observing a, a problem or an opportunity or something that you feel could be made better. Um, and coming about it in a way that the person wouldn't have even known to ask for, because people are always going to be, and, you know, and then this gets into the why people are always going to be limited by what they think is possible. So nobody's going to ever ask you for something that they can't envision or can't imagine a way it can be done. And so the only way to get past that barrier is through innovation. Um, And if you look back in the history of major breakthroughs, they always started with somebody conceiving of a better way to do things than what anybody thought was possible. So, Jonathan, you've joined us in the last year, joining us as the Director of Innovation and Partnerships. So innovation is in your title. Um, Obviously, we've worked really closely together over the last year. How... What does innovation mean to you? Like, how would you define innovation at Together? I think innovation often gets pigeonholed generally in in the world as the progression of technology, but I'd consider innovation to be much broader than that. I think ultimately it's about solving problems in new or different ways, and that can be through strategy, creativity, technology, and and commonly it's a a combination of, of all of those things. I'd also argue that innovation is not always invention. More often, it's actually taking inspiration and practices from other industries and professions and applying it to the problems that you're trying to solve in your own industry or improving on the inventions of others. And I think, crucially, it's much more than ideas. To me, innovation is about tenacity. It's about blood, sweat and tears. Uh, and in the words of the the greatest, in my opinion, the greatest innovator in history, Thomas Edison, <laughs> genius is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. And my experience is that a big part of the innovation process is about leadership. It's about convincing people to go on the journey in the mm-hmm. first place. It's about motivating people to stay on track and knowing when to take a different direction. Uh, I, I think Thomas Edison had a great uh, second quote as well, which was which I love using, which is uh, ideas without execution are just a hallucination, isn't it? Really, so you, you, you're exactly right. Like innovation is is one percent ideas and ninety nine percent getting everyone to follow you and 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 making it a reality, isn't it? That's 
fascinating. So Jamie's one of our wonderful gads, um, and also I'd say one of our most innovative gads. Like he is, we've delivered an AR experience this year already, and we're only in April. In fact, that was delivered by the end of January, which is pretty incredible. So I'm really fascinated to know what your answers are going to be here, Jamie. So as a as a client services role, you know, as a client services lead inside uh, a B two B agency like us, what does innovation mean to you? Like, how would you define innovation? I think innovation is one of those really woolly words that if I speak to one client, it will mean something completely different to the next client. And indeed, that next client, it will mean something completely different depending on what if they're focusing on a particular project at the time or a particular, you know, smaller challenge or the next day if they are focusing on wider company objectives. And I think that's all right. I think I don't mind the word being woolly in its definition because I guess like client services, we are part of our role is constantly adapting how we are to suit particular clients. And likewise, I think we should do the same with innovation. So innovation can be something really small one day. Um, you know, my favorite example, I, I, it was just something so silly that, that, you know, it was just how we changed how well, the, the template, the word template, the copy wrote into for social posts, you know, that was an innovative thought to me. Um, and to another person, it's just, well, well, it's just a clever idea, but hey, that can be innovation. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's a woolly, undefined word or or it's a woolly word that has multiple definitions to multiple people. I couldn't agree more. I mean, de- innovation by itself is vague, right? That's what it is. Like it's dealing with one, one of, one of my other clients actually wants to find innovation as, as dealing with the vagueness, like, and having a skill to innovate is where you're comfortable in that space of, you know, I don't know what the end result looks like, but I'm going to try and figure it out. So couldn't yeah. agree more. I couldn't agree more. That, and I think also, Jamie, just to your point, cause you're, you've come at that from such a different angle to everyone else. You're exactly right. Like innovation does mean different things. And sometimes it's a word template and sometimes it's a hologram. Like yeah. it's people just, people just don't know. So I think people can get stressed about that as well, you know, yeah. Well, yeah, but innovation isn't that it's this or it's this or it's this. Well, actually, you know, it's like that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You know, it, it, it's okay to be different yeah. to different people. Yeah. So joining me today is Frankie. Frankie, you're in our wonderful copy team, um, which means you probably have a very different take on innovation. So I just want to ask, like, what does innovation mean to you? Like, how would you define it? Yeah, I guess it's not it's not a word we would use every day, I guess. It's, but but actually, in reality, it is something it always applies. And I think creativity and innovation, if you like, where is the line between those things? Or at least that's what we'd like to think. <laughs> that's what we tell ourselves. But um, yeah, I think I, I think for me, because because what we're doing is something that's so fundamentally, if you like, old. Like writing is old. <laughs> There's you can't get much older than it. <laughs> so what you're trying to do in terms of innovation, I would look at that much more in terms of like tiny, tiny differences. I think when it comes to copy, you're talking about the small changes you make, which can surprise people and I think people's capacity to be surprised in language is actually way way greater than we perhaps give ourselves credit for um especially in kind of our industry you know we work only with b2b tech clients for a very good reason it means you can understand things much more deeply but at the same time you've got if you like the same inputs coming in quite a lot of time 
and the output has to be much more varied. So it's almost, I guess, innovation for us would be any way that you can keep looking at and thinking about things differently so that the input and the output are as different as possible, if you know what I mean. Linked, yep. but different. Um, yep. So for, for me, I guess I would think about that in terms of, a lot of writers talk about things like a, a mental toolbox or something, stuff that you're going to use, which where you can throw curveballs in as much as possible. So it would be things like, I did go to a course the other day, I'm not actually even sure whether we can use this because maybe there's going to be an IP issue, but... Um, <laughs> um, and we did amazing things and lots of amazing things. It was a long day, but one of the things that he talks about was we all had to sit down and write a film synopsis. We yeah. had to do it in three word sentences, which is like the mi- minimum that any sentence really can be a lot of the time in terms of, you know, you've got, you've got verb in it basically. And that's, that's it. Um, but to do that in order to, the, the whole purpose there apparently it's something lawyers use because the rigor of the timeline in your thinking has to be so sharp if you're going to do everything in three word sentences everything's sequential everything becomes really really thought through really really tight um so i guess for a writer you might sometimes look at you know your medium and and your output are so your medium and your thinking are so tied but you're looking for ways of almost imposing rules on yourself so that yep you create something more unusual and in, and that yeah. sort of tool is the kind of thing we might use to do that where you go what if okay i'm stuck here what if i write the whole thing in three word sentences and it's surprising how many times something crazy comes out that where you actually realize i've been looking at this problem completely wrong now we can reframe it because because we've taken this other approach um so i guess that's how i would think about innovation writing given that it's yeah. so old <laughs> So what you're saying there is by adding constraints to yourself, it makes you more innovative. What are the conditions you need to create a culture of innovation? You know, when I think about my team and I've got some some wonderfully talented and ambitious people on my team. Uh, and I, you know, I love to coach innovation. I think it's become one of my favorite things to do. Um, I think it starts with going beyond what people are asking for, you know, being willing to ask questions, you know, at, uh, at Versape, the, the company I work for, we have a culture of, of five whys, you know, the theory being that by the fifth why you get to actual root cause. And so, you know, it has to start with being inquisitive and giving your team permission to push back, even on me, you know, as a leader, sometimes you get wrapped up and we just need to get things done. And so I think it starts with uh, permission to ask questions, permission to seek more information, seek a better understanding. Um, And then the space and the opportunity to put forward a new way of doing it, a new idea. And then, you know, to use a U.S. expression where the rubber really meets the road is when you then also create the discipline to go and test those ideas. And so, um, you know, I really don't say yes or no to an idea. My question is always, how are you going to test it and how will you know if it's a good idea? And that's what it really comes down to. Any idea can be put out there, go test it 
and measure I love it. That. I, I love that. I mean, it's I, I, that was incredible. Like, I, I really like that approach of you know, we need to make sure that we have because innovation is just about uh, celebrating the failures as much as celebrating the successes, 100%. isn't it? So having 100%. that culture of, of being able to just get it out there and, and test something, yeah, uh, and having the guts to do it. Uh, but one pro- common problem I see in business today, and I was talking to a, a, a colleague and a client about this earlier, is this you know when we're all at home so much there's this yeah. need to just um get through all of your tasks and get to the end of the day and that just yeah. doesn't give you the flexibility and the and the headspace to think about innovations or allow for the critical thinking time like what's needed inside an organization to bring that to life you've got to have a culture where your people have a mandate to challenge the status quo in a constructive way and i think you've got to have a a, a platform for innovation that that enables introverts to share their ideas and their thinking. Otherwise, the uh, loudest voices in the virtual room are the only ones that get heard. And, and I say that as one of the loud voices, you know, and I'm, it's something I'm very conscious and aware of to sort of make sure that, that everybody's ideas get brought to the table because, you know, it's often those people who, um, you know, aren't the ones to kind of shout their way to the front of the conversation that, that have the best ideas. Just to drill into that, you think, sort of rather, you believe that your personality, like whether someone's an introvert or an extrovert, has you know, adjusting for that inside an organization has quite a big um, a role in ensuring that you get the best ideas from everyone. So we've put this into practice together. We've got an innovation board which allows anybody in the agency to come and share their ideas and to uh, share where they think there's gaps that we should be looking into and this gives everybody an equal opportunity that doesn't it means they don't have to necessarily stick their hand up or 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 put themselves on the spot in a meeting to share their ideas and we found that a really useful way to get uh, lots of people across the agency who are uh, often on the front lines of what we're doing to to share their thinking and, and means that we don't miss opportunities. Especially when you're working with a client, like what are the conditions you need to create an innovative culture? I was going to lead with time, but actually that's not true because sometimes when your back's against the wall, sometimes that's when, you know, and, and I mean back against so the wall, true. all kinds of ideas, uh, all kinds of reasons. It, it, that can be when you come up with your most innovative thoughts and, you know, sometimes produce your best work. So actually time's not right. I think you need the right kind of client with the right type of opportunity sometimes. You know, it's mm-hmm. if, if, a, if a person, and it doesn't have to be a client, even internally, you know, it's the right, whoever, whoever's got the challenge you're looking to solve, I think needs to be in the right frame of mind to look at it slightly differently or accept an idea that might seem a bit left field or yep. um, and whatever it is that solves that innovative approach for that person. I mean, obviously, again, you know, the obvious things like time, budget, innovation doesn't have to be expensive. It can be something really simple. And sometimes the best ones are really simple. Um, On the flip side, you know, sometimes it's more difficult to come up with innovation for innovation's sake. So when you've got a, a client or somebody saying, I want an innovative solution, sometimes then you're forcing the word where, and then that puts a pressure on it to, to, to kind of deliver and the expectations are, might be quite high. Um, whereas or different. 
because like we said it's willing right so it's, it's subjective what it means to you so it, it, it that expectation of what it means to them at that moment if you haven't nailed that quite right you could come in way under par for what they were expecting in terms of a very high big innovative move the the way that i often tend to think about it is you, and I completely agree about time. By the way, I don't think it's time. I think I think uh, when people I think I think when the, so people say, "Well, we have time to be creative." Actually, some of the best ideas have come out under pressure. It's it's about psychological safety and uh, removing the fear of failure. Like you need to be yeah, yeah. You need to just to allow people to say, "Look, it doesn't." Like, and I think you were kind of hinting at that with a few of your elements, but uh, that that's that's how I would describe I it. Think, so I think it well, helps as well if somebody has. You know, that, that fear of failure and that, you know, willing to look at failure as an opportunity to learn. Um, if they've been through that before or they've been through, you know, someone that you've had, you've shown them how innovation can help. If they've been through that before, it's easier. Um, so I think past experience of doing something left field or something innovative or yep. uh, thinking about something slightly differently, if, they, if they've already been through that before, it's like everything we do. If you've done it once, then it's easier the next time or you're more open to it. What conditions would you say help to create an innovative and creative culture? Got to be prepared to make mistakes, I think would be the first thing I said. Um, if you're not prepared to fail, then you're not going to be able to do anything new. So low on embarrassment is one of the key things I would say. I would also say that writing wise, it is kind of um, playful. Um, if you know what I mean, you've got to be able to have a situation where you're trying out all sorts of maybe almost games and you just see, see what works. And I think being able to understand the value of that and that that will produce something at the end and that free thinking Free thinking within a framework is the key. Um, I guess that framework is more key than maybe you'll talk to a writer and the writer will be like, throw off constraints. But actually, really, when you nail down on it, is what you were saying earlier about it comes out. Innovation sometimes comes out of constraints. So from creative people, you'll normally get this kind of like toys at the pram. <laughs> you've, you know, you've put constraints on me. But actually, those constraints are almost always what spark the great stuff. So um, I would say. It is finding that balance between someone creating this framework within which you can you can do that sort of innovative thinking. You need clear goals. You need clear aims as an output. But you also need to be able to do stuff which doesn't meet those aims just because you're aiming in that direction, but you fail sometimes. I think that's the, the thing. So what's the one tip that you would give your colleague or you know, someone else in your space to increase innovation in their um, department, in their marketing, in, in whatever they're doing? I think it starts with setting the intention. It, like you have to choose innovation as a priority. And so you, it starts with setting the intention. I think uh, as leaders, it's especially important as you have young talent, you know, uh, the older I get, you know, the, the less familiar I am with some of the new technology. And so it's even more important uh, as I advance in my career, but as I advance in my age to give space to ideas that, you know, are the things that I wouldn't have conceived of, the ideas that I wouldn't have. Um, and so it's really important to check yourself and make sure you're not shutting down an idea. So, you know, build the muscle, build the language. That's an interesting idea. What insight led to it? Mm -hmm. How are you going to measure it? How, how are you going to test it? And how are you going to know if this is successful? So really 
kind of strike both yes and no from your vocabulary. It's, that's an interesting idea. What insight led you to this? How are you going to test it? And how are you going to measure it? And, and that's where innovation comes. And the, and when your team feels the freedom to work within that space, you will start to see them flourish because, you know, I, I don't know too many people that want to show up every day at work and be told exactly what to do. Like energy and excitement comes, the, the fun of it comes when you can put a new idea forward and creative. And, you know, that's where you can generate energy on the team. So you just have to make sure you're intentional in making space for it. I love that. I love that. Strike yes or no from the vocab- from your vocabulary. This is the final question I've got. So on the other flip side, what kills innovation inside an organization? Uh, well, I think, you know, I think the yeses and the noes being really prescriptive, you know, and I know sometimes we're working under really tight deadlines and it's really easy to say, just go do this. And sometimes you have to. I mean, that is going to be reality. Sometimes you have to do this as much as possible. Resist the urge to tell people what to do and instead focus on the outcome you want to see. Because if you can be outcome focused, you give space for different ways to get to the outcome. So being really prescriptive on what to do instead of the outcome you're driving, I think is where you can start to really suffocate innovation. What's the one tip you would give to you know, our clients, our colleagues uh, about how they could increase innovation in their organization? I think the obvious thing is removing the fear of failure. Innovation is ultimately about experimentation if your team feel like they're going to be penalized if something doesn't work out then they're actually motivated to stick to the the old tried and tested routes that are okay and they won't try the moonshot ideas you've got to carve out a chunk of your time and resources that you're prepared to experiment with and accept that a lot of that effort won't generate any roi at all but some of it could 10x You need to think like an angel investor. Don't bet the house and the car. Only bet what you can afford to lose. And don't avoid uncomfortable truths. You've got to get to the heart of the problem if you want to to solve it. And I think that while data is extremely valuable, we all know how valuable data is in what we do, we shouldn't be over-reliant on it because the data that we have is the tip of the iceberg. Actually, most of what's really happening is going on below the surface, out of view. And business is ultimately done by committees, but those committees are made up of individual humans, and humans make illogical and often irrational decisions. Thomas Edison didn't have a formal education, and he's quoted in saying, I do not depend on figures at all. I try and experiment and reason out the result somehow by methods which I could not explain. And he had over a thousand patents and there's a really great lesson there that experimentation and action are key. A lot of it will come to nothing, but some of it could transform your business, even potentially the world. What's the one tip you would give to our clients to increase their innovation? You can't box creativity. <laughs> you know, you're, then you're, you're confining it surely. And I think innovation's similar because it's a creative process. You know, you're trying to think creatively, expansively or, or differently. Um, and I think, you know, that's why I, don't, I quite like it being undefined. So as soon as you define it, it escapes that definition. Just like as soon as you try and box it, it probably isn't quite what it could have been. <laughs> I, I don't know if there's a, a, a golden rule for me in terms of how approaching it, it would change 
from person to person, from opportunity, from day to day, because I think as well, it's a creative process. So it depends what my frame of mind is like on that day. You know, some days I can think really creatively. Other days, you know, I, I'm I, for whatever reason, I don't know, lack of sleep or whatever it is, you know, I, I may just not be quite as at the races as I'm on another day. Um, and that can affect the way that you approach things and come at things. And that's where the innovation comes from. Um, so I think, yeah, it's dangerous. Well, not dangerous, but I think it's, for me anyway, when you try and confine it or box it, it feels to me like I'm a bit more limited in terms of how I can approach it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, on the flip side of that, like, what would you say kills innovation? <laughs> I, I would say something, all kinds of things. Um, I would say uh, if you're dealing with someone who's unwilling to listen to new ideas or other people's ideas, someone who's very focused on uh, this is how we do it, because probably because they feel safe in doing it that way. And that goes back to that thing of that fear of yeah. faith. You know, I know what I'm doing and I know it works, but that's great. But it could work even better with a bit of innovation or an innovative approach. Um, I think sometimes, you know, if you've got someone who's very process driven, um, processes can get in the way sometimes, you know, because if you're following a set process, you're likely to come out the other end with the same kind of outcome. And that doesn't always leave room for innovation. I mean, it can if you've got time within that process or you've got steps within a process to actually think innovatively. And if you've pre-thought that, and again, that's going flying in the face of what I was thinking about earlier. You know, <laughs> almost, yeah. But that's innovation, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, those would be my main things, I think, just that kind of, it depends again who you're dealing with, but processes, you know, trying to do it for its own sake um, and pr- putting pressure on what is a, or, or pressurizing the creative process. What's the one tip you would give to our clients to increase in a, innovation in their campaigns? Uh, so I'll probably come at this from a copy perspective. Um, I say the one biggest thing is when you're looking at creative routes, don't see it as something which is built in a kind of Lego way. If there's a flaw in it, that probably means the whole thing needs to be junked. And that's fine. That's, that would be the main thing that I would say, because the thing that kills really, really great creative normally is too many cooks and also too much fiddling in the weeds. And wow. I think you've got to see when you like some bits and you don't like other bits. And if you don't like some bits and they're quite close to the center, the core of that idea, it's just got to be junked. And that wastage, accepting that wastage and going, there are some nice ideas in that. Some At some point they might come in down the line, but as a f- fundamental idea, it's just got to be scrapped. I, yeah, so I would say, the scrap heap is your friend. <laughs> thank you so much for all of our guest speakers today. And thank you for John for doing those interviews. If you enjoyed that, then please like and subscribe. And we will see you in two weeks time.